So a lot of people will probably say this about their own grandpa, but obviously I'm going to say that my grandpa was special. And he was actually very important in my vocation to the priesthood. I remember as a little kid that he would dress up in a suit and he would take the number one bus from Pembroke all the way to Inglewood every day to go to Mass. He was a lively man, always smiling. He brought our family together for Christmas and for New Year's. But one day he slipped and then he broke his ribs. And after looking over him, they also discovered that he had cancer. So they only gave him three months to live. But he actually went on to live for 19 months. He had so much love and support and he was a strong man too. And I remember his last words to me before he passed. He said, Troy, I want you to be a priest. And at that point in my life, actually, I didn't want to be a priest. I was actually struggling with the vocation and I was going to leave actually later on. And I did leave the seminary eventually and he had passed, but eventually I believe that his prayers certainly got me through seminary to bring me to this place here right now. And I truly believe that he was watching me at my ordination. And in some ways, for those of us who've lost someone, we eventually deal with the reality of losing that person. And we say it's okay. But in some ways, it's not okay. My grandpa was supposed to be at my ordination. This force of a man rocked by the carnage of cancer, of death, was prevented from that. And I think in the hearts of each and every one of us, we know that it's not meant to be this way. As a priest, I've done many funerals. I've seen many people pass away in a variety of forms. And maybe you've seen death too in your own family. Maybe your grandpa, grandma, mom or dad, a son or daughter, a child you miscarry. You know, our tears in this painful moment testify to the fact that this was never supposed to happen. In some ways, our hearts and our tears say that love is not supposed to end in this way. When we love someone, we want to love them forever. Temporary love is contrary to the logic of love, and our tears are a sign of that. In some ways, our culture, even though it doesn't believe in God, believe in the afterlife, it rebels against death in its own way. There's a man, his name is Robert McIntyre. And he started this company where after you died, you can, he can keep your brain and eventually, hopefully in the future, when they develop technology, he can load your consciousness into a computer. And although it might seem strange, what it's highlighting is that people are saying, and this man's creating a business saying, we don't want to die. We want to continue. And in those difficult moments of our lives, when others have passed or when we're facing this prospect ourselves, we may feel abandoned by God, wondering why he's allowing this, maybe even blaming him. But I think today in our gospel, Martha and Mary give us three lights to help us navigate the darkness of death. And this comes from the three scripture passages that we've just read. The first is we hear that the first couple lines of our gospel today, it says that they sent for him and they said to him, 
the one whom you love is ill. I think this is so critical. Martha and Mary know that Jesus loves them, that he loves Lazarus. And despite the suffering, despite what will happen, they remain steadfast in that knowledge. This is a very strong temptation in suffering that we turn away from this fundamental truth. You know, Martha has grown in this truth. We know that when she first met Jesus and Martha, Mary's at Jesus' feet and Martha's preparing everything, do you remember what the first word she said to Jesus? She said, Jesus, do you not care? Right? There's a temptation within ourselves to feel like Jesus doesn't care about us. Or like the apostles in the boat when they're on the sea and it's about to tip over and there's so much water filling it and they're about to die. And what is Jesus doing? He's sleeping. And what do the apostles say? Do you not care? And it's such an interesting phrase because they're not doubting his power. They're saying, Jesus, we know that you could change all of this. We don't doubt your power. We doubt your love. We wonder whether you really care. But in the face of death, we must remember that Jesus loves us even when we don't understand, even when he seems to delay. And this is the second scripture passage. Martha knows that Jesus loves her brother. And so when she comes up to see Jesus, she says, Jesus, if you were here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, I know you have the power. But then she says this beautiful phrase next. She says, but I know that God will give you anything you ask him. So often when we lose someone we love, we doubt, we blame, we disbelieve his power, we get angry at why God would allow this. We feel like it's God's fault. And, some, and at the same time, we believe rightly that God has the power to change this. But why didn't he do anything? And so not only is, is it important to know God's love, it's also important to trust in it as well too. Even when Jesus seems to delay, even when it seems like he doesn't care, we need to continue to trust in this love. Martha, by saying this phrase, it was like she was saying, Jesus, I don't understand why you didn't come earlier when I know you could have. But I know that you can make this right. I believe that you are the resurrection and the life and that we shall see Lazarus again. That's her faith. And this is the third one. This is the shortest, most powerful verse in the Bible. It says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept at the carnage caused by death on creation. Jesus weeps. That's powerful when you think about it. Because he also believes, like us, that death is not supposed to be like this. That life was not supposed to end in this way. It was by the envy of the devil that death entered into the world. That's what the book of wisdom teaches us. And I truly believe that Jesus weeps when we weep. When we weep at the loss of our loved ones, our grandparents, our parents, our children, our family. Jesus weeps with us 
because he believes with us that it's not supposed to end in this way. But we believe that although Jesus weeps, he is not powerless. He has the power to restore us to life again. See, but Jesus, by raising Lazarus from the dead, he is doing a sign. But he's pointing to a greater reality. This sign is pointing to something even greater. You see, Lazarus, even though Lazarus was raised to life again, he would die again. What Jesus desires for each and every one of us is not for us just to live another 10, 20, 50, or even 70 years. But God designed us and made us to live forever. He's going to transform this body of corruption and mortality to a body of imperishability and immortality. The same body, but glorified by God's light. And when Jesus calls Lazarus out from the grave, it's a sign of what he will do to each of our loved ones baptized into him. Jesus will say to them, unbind them, let them go. And we know that he will do this because he loves us. I'll just close with this story. There's a Catholic speaker, his name is Christophanic, and he was camping with his family. And one of his sons was lost. And so if you're a parent, if you ever lost your child, every single thought goes through your mind of what could have happened. Did he get lost? Did he get kidnapped? Did an animal get him? And then Chris walked by the lake and he said, my son must be in here. And so he's going into the lake waist deep and he's screaming out the name of his son. And then this spontaneous prayer comes right from his heart, the prayer of a father. And he says, God, I thank you for all the beautiful gifts you have given to me in my life. But I now ask you to take it all away and I give it back to you and give me back my son. We all know that each and every single parent in a heartbeat would give their life for their children. And that is what God does for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that anyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. And so this is what Jesus is going to do for us. We are going to enter into the passion next week. And so I encourage you and invite you to reflect on the mystery of God's love in these next two weeks. This love which is powerful, powerful enough and even stronger than death to raise us from the dead so that we can be with our loved ones and be with God forever in heaven.